0: Hello and welcome to Formula for Success. I'm David Coulthard and alongside me in the studio, it's a face I see all too often. Well, every week. Eddie Jordan, how are Ah,
2: you?
1: I'm still here, I'm above ground and I can't wait for today's show, guys.
0: Well, I can't wait for it as well. And you clearly couldn't wait for me to finish the introduction before Uh, you're ramming my ears full of uh, crazy pirates. I wasn't convinced that you were going to turn up. Well, I'm here, I'm here, and very much looking forward to this episode because we've got a special guest that's coming into the studio, a lady that you know very well. And before you start, you know, coming away with any innuendo, this lady probably knows you too well. It's none other than your wife, Marie Jordan. What did I do to deserve this? Yeah, well, you won the lottery. That's what you did. No, no, no.
1: You have bribed her. Come in here and tell her our innermost secrets.
0: The audience have reached out. We are the largest growing podcast in the world, probably the universe. Absolutely. And they have reached out and said they want someone that absolutely knows where. Well, I'm not going to say bodies are buried. The goldfish are buried.
1: Maybe her her description of where they are on mine might vary.
0: Yes. Well, EJ, I know this is going to be difficult for you, but if you can just mind your tongue for a minute. Okay. I'm going to say, say uh, Marie, first of all, welcome. Welcome to our little studio here in Monaco.
2: You're looking fantastic, radiant. How are you feeling? Great. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. I have asked him to be quiet. In fact, I did ask that he wasn't in the room so I could get a word in. (laughs) Um, But we'll try it with him in the room and see how we go. I I would have seconded that, actually. I'd be quite happy. Um, Well, I don't know if you've realised this is the first time
0: you're joining us in the studio. Normally, you would sit widthways uh, apart on the table. But I insist in being this far apart from EJ because, honestly, if he can touch me, he would constantly be touching. Is he a bit touchy with you too? Phases. (laughs) Nervous laughter from the man across the (laughs) table. Depends
1: on the prescriptions involved. (laughs) Okay.
0: All right. Look, we're going to take it right back. For the benefit of our listeners uh, who may have seen you in the background on occasion, although you have been very, very discreet along the journey, uh, along the crazy success path that has been Jordan Racing, Jordan Grand Prix. You've been the ever-present rock behind this madman. Take his way back. What was it that uh, caught your eye and you went, oh, well... I'll, I'll take this one.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Not quite, David. Uh, we met, uh, I, I was 18, and Eddie, uh, although he lied as usual, it was actually 28. And I saw it's this a surprise. <laughs> yeah, funny little man, I think he had on a suit and a dicky bow. And I'm thinking, oh, okay, okay. And I had a boyfriend at the time, and um, I think he told Eddie that I wasn't his type. I met him again a couple of maybe days later I think he was in the um, bank down below and we met on a night uh, at a concert then and he had his girlfriend with him but he dumped her fairly quick and yeah I was like uh, clubbing baby seals david <laughs> <Right>. <laughs>
0: What a fantastic expression. Mm. So anyway, so I, I'm, I'm loving watching how, uh. how, how nervous he is sitting there. So EJ with a dicky bow, that, that I think sums up the eccentricity of the young man that's grown into a, a, an older man. Uh, but clearly you guys hit it off. And uh, he managed to persuade you to become his girlfriend and then ultimately become his his life partner. And that's taken you an incredible journey where I met all your kids. They're wonderful. Congratulations on the, the job that you've done. I'm not entirely sure how much credit to give EJ, but uh, you've done a brilliant job on that. So before you got to that point, though, you get together with this this madman, as I affectionately know him, and travel to the UK to follow his his dream of... Well, first of all, I assume, uh, had you finished racing at that point as a driver? So you're now running a team.
2: So I was 20 at that stage and um, from a very religious, extremely religious background and also underage to get married. Oh, really? What age is it in Ireland? 21 at that stage. Okay. It's going back a long way. Yeah. And I had to get permission. And there was no way I would have been allowed to travel to England with Eddie had I not been married. So we got married and we headed over to uh, UK within weeks of being married. And uh, he was racing at the time. So he did, I think it was Formula Atlantic then for the first year. And then, of course, I find myself pregnant and we've got no income. And um, he starts putting people into his car. So instead of him racing, he was actually charging people for his car, which was the beginning of the team, start of the team. Um, I think we had a bit of Marlboro sponsorship at that stage. Uh-huh. So we actually did have a bit of income for the second year. Uh, before that, actually, I had worked in um, a factory, bottling or something like that, earning one pound twenty-five an hour. Did want to take on a full-time job or something, worked locally, and we were living in Silverstone in rented accommodation
0: in Silverstone village itself so just beside the track or just that was it we lived in
2: banbury first when we came over and actually lived with um docking Docking, yeah, Alan Docking. Alan Docking, docking. oh he, he wow. see, he had a yeah. big house, and there were—I must have been about six kind of different groups living there with him, and he just, everybody was welcome. All the teams
1: lived in one Yeah, commune. everybody
2: lived there, and that was quite fun. And then we moved into a place of our own and um, scrabbled around from then on, really. So the, those early days, so there you are, uh, helping fund his career as as he then
0: winds <laughs> his career down and, and goes into to team ownership. You're working in a factory, You you're, you're pregnant with your first child, it was a long way from the sort of tales of sailing the high seas that, you know, Eddie uh, shares with the listeners now, where, you
2: you know, you've had the great experience to sail around the world. You know, it was hard times. Oh, yeah, we, no doubt we was hard times. Almost looking for food baskets coming back from Ireland kind of thing. Eddie ran a team for um, McMahon, and I used to do the food on uh, the Saturday and Sunday. And whatever food was left over, I was thrilled to get it home because we were eating and we ate well at the weekend and that kind of thing. That's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. It's, it's easy to
0: forget, isn't it? And, you know, at this moment, I'm looking across the table and I hope this moment doesn't last long because I'm actually starting to see Eddie in a slightly different light. I'm actually starting to feel, you know, Those new fashions you're wearing, my friend. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Fresh from the uh, the chemist, uh, 299 specials, a uh, broke mother ones. Um, I think what resonates with me at this stage of of this discussion is When I look at your journey, I can see a lot in the journey that My parents had as well, where you know, my father tells stories of opening the cupboard and there's one can of beans Mm, in there, and mm. you know, he phones the number on the back of it to try and create an opportunity for transport. He inherited a trucking business that was on its knees, and you know, I remember people staying bed and breakfast at the house, and we only had one bathroom at the house that we grew Mm. up in. So you you were sharing that as a family Mm. with some stranger that was staying overnight on their way from Ireland Mm. down south or wherever they were heading. It's very different to the way we bring up our kids today. Absolutely. So how and I'm faced with, you know, I've got a 14, almost 15-year-old who's racing. How do we instill those those life journeys and those values that you've lived through? And I'm not
2: going to say it was quite as difficult for me, but it, it certainly is a different way to what we've created for our kids. I don't think you could go back. I mean if they're used to having food on the table every day, I, I think they're going to find it very hard to realize that, oh, there's only one tin in the in the cupboard. I just don't think that's possible. So I just think the values have to be different, more about general behavior and looking after people and being kind. You know, I
0: wonder, I wonder, I wonder, they say everything happens for a reason. And uh, I got back late last night from uh, the UK. My son was racing in a place called Wilton Mill, which is not far from that that area. You know, it's not far from Toaster, so an Mm -hmm. area that you know well. And um, so I was, you know, at, at a busy morning and then I went back to my office and I was hungry and there was a queue outside the local salad bar that I normally go to. So I went into what I call the man cave that my son and I would use back in the when he was younger to build Airfix models and stuff like that. And I know he always has little snacks and stuff in the fridge there. I opened the fridge and there's a can of chilli con carne like the worst thing you can imagine in a can Mm. but I thought I'm I'm starving and I I, I don't have time I'm too too busy I don't have time to go for lunch or go to the supermarket so I emptied this can of chilli con carne into a pot put some milk in it to try and make it a bit more soupy And I'm eating it from the pot at my desk thinking, Jesus, I've come a long way, (laughs) haven't I? But uh, maybe that was meant to happen today. So I could really resonate with the the, the struggles of of your early time as a couple. But anyway, uh, great um, foundations that you created, because not only were you raising a family, you were also then... E.J. is giving you a bit of the Alan Docking treatment. When he's off away during the week trying to find money for his racing team, you've also got Eddie Irvine, Jean Alesi, you know, some, some interesting characters. You know, Rubens Barrichello, who I raced against, living with you as well. Mm. So was there a point where you're like, look, E.J., we've, we've been on a journey together. You're starting to find your feet. Do we really need to be, you know, me acting as a stepmom to all these other lunatics whilst I'm raising a family?
2: It started uh, early on, actually, when we lived in Silverstone. We, um, that's another story, we went to the bank and we got a loan. We bought a 5 bedroom house, literally up the road, 100 yards up the road. And that was when I took in four. I had four young racing drivers staying with us and looked after them, exactly as you say, nursemaid of them all, food, drink, looking for washing, ironing, the whole lot. But it was also great fun. I had two children at the time. And... The minute they came in from a long day of whatever they're doing, they'd look to play with the kids. And so it was, it was quite rich. And, of course, Eddie, from the moment he started work and running his own team, was kind of mentally gone 24-7. So to, to think he was going to come in and play with the kids was, was not a non-runner. That wasn't going to happen. So they were a great backup, and they babysit. So if you wanted to go out, they were there to babysit. And they created a great family feeling. Um, and I remember one guy came in, and I just remember he was Brazilian, and the others didn't like him. Oh, they right. And he didn't really fit in, so they voted him out. No way. <laughs> so he, he was no longer in. And, we, you know, they eat. They other they would eat anything you put on the table for them. So you could cook and bake and whatever, all gone. They would eat. And then um, I think when we, the family got a bit bigger, we, we got a bit more, because more the drivers stayed with us. And also we lived in Oxford, and... Um, also paid there to take in students. So we'd take in, uh, There were usually English students and they want to live with the families. And we, we took in, I had one guy from Jeddah and, and it's, it's quite enriching actually because you learn different um, styles of life, and yeah, we we're quite fun with some of them.
0: And acceptance, I guess. And is that yeah. why, then, to bring it forward? You know, EJ's... uh the paid the bills. paid the bills. Paid I the bills. know he was desperate to say something. <laughs> but in, in all seriousness, looking at to where we are today, and I think we consider ourselves all very fortunate in, in the life journey we have, motor racing has brought us together. Quite yep. literally, we're sitting around this table because of that, that journey. I know that you're both very active when it comes to helping others mm. through charity, and, and, and is that... Something that was instilled in you when you were a wee girl growing up in Ireland, or is that something that grew in you through this you know, relationship you've had with, with EJ and having to be open to others?
2: For sure, when you travel, you see more of life, and you see that the need in others is, is huge. And um, I specifically like at the moment um, supporting uh, African charities because your money goes so far and you really really get get um you get a great feel back and they're so happy with any little thing you can do for them so that it's very um very rewarding as a wee bit of success came down the line you then find yourself uh
0: was it in Wentworth you had your your property there and you you've got likes of Rory McIlroy you have got Tiger Woods it's quite a change i'm not i'm not trying to put down mm. the, the great names of Eddie Irvine and journalistic because i you know they're independently uh, successful in in their chosen careers but someone like a Rory and a Tiger, they, they would be globally known, wouldn't they? This, America's the big thing. Formula One was never really that popular in America, where golf has been huge there for many, many years.
2: Well, when Rory came to stay with us, he was, uh, I think, 18, 19, and he was a boy with no grandeur. So he was like having one of the kids' friends in. It wasn't really um, as if uh, um, he was lodging with us or anything. It was like a friend. Coming to stay, and he got on particularly well with uh, my second daughter, Mickey. Mm-hmm. They seemed to be great friends. They hit it off really well, so that was no problem. Um, Tiger Moore rented the house, and was um, we we thought that he he was staying with us, and we thought that as soon as he got knocked out, which he did, uh, the first day or two, we thought, oh great, he'll go oh, get no. the house back. No, <laughs> he stayed <He's> all the <laughs> whole week. The whole week. That's all right. <laughs> yeah, get rid of him. Yeah. Oh. Loved it
0: there. And, and was that something that you particularly enjoyed? Because you, if I'm not mistaken, you were captain of the ladies uh, golf team. Is that correct? Sunningdale. Sunningdale, Sun yeah. yeah. Uh, so golf has been something. It's been a, a passion of yours. Yes. Uh, EJ, I've heard, goes out and has a bit of a hack. I just can't imagine he's, you know, sorry, Eddie. I'm feeling a wee bit sorry to criticize you in front of, of your wife here. But I just imagine you as a hacker when you're playing golf, where I imagine there's an elegance to the way you swing and putt and do all those
2: nice things. Eddie's actually quite a good hitter of the ball. He lacks the mental approach. <laughs> oh, is that right? can imagine, no one is
1: surprised about that comment.
2: <laughs> no, uh, he, no patience. If there's two people in front of you, he wants to be past them, and then he wants to be past the next people. And honestly, there's you know, as I like, to, like you say, I like to be able to start on the first, hit our way down the first, and then on to the second. Typical golfer, I suppose. Yeah. yeah.
0: So it leads me to the question that I think people who know Eddie uh, who are listening have been wanting they've been shouting at the the speakers going how have you managed to uh, be the equal partner if not more to this man through this journey and this 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 you've got to say that this partnership you have the jordan family is a success story you've you've become independently Capable, um, you know. No one likes to talk about wealth, but you know you're you're ind- independently capable. You brought up uh, very well, uh, you know, adjusted and 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 more than capable kids. And in amongst all that, you've been married to this nutter. How how is that possible? Can I touch you? Are You actually are you <laughs> real, or is it are you,
2: you know you know something from beyond? Well, I think it starts off that we're polar. Apart, different mentalities. first of all, Eddie's quite fairly quiet at home, but when what? he gets when he gets obstreperous and uptight about something, it's something so beyond my realm that I'm looking and thinking, it's like watching a child having a tantrum. I'm just uh, I'm not interested. it's kind of it's happening over there. It doesn't uh, kind of affect me, and we get on, and vice versa. If I'm having a struggle over something, it's so away from it. he we see things on a completely different um, scale. So we well, always have parallel lives, I suppose you describe. Yeah, but somehow coming coming together yeah. in, in in happiness, make room but for each other and, and and allow allow to live and get on and yes. Is that something you've learned over
0: time, or have you always been relatively sort of calm? So he'd be doing all the madness, and you'd be like, "Let him say what he needs to say." and yeah, no, no, then do, tell him what he's going to be doing. No, and
2: then do my own thing anyway. Yeah, uh, yes, it's a bit like that. Like all week he's been trying to coach me on what to say. <laughs> all week, nonstop. He just and don't forget to say this and ask. David that and turn the books on him and, and all that and I just every time I look at him and say please
1: Formula for Success is brought to you in association with F1 Manager 2023 giving you unparalleled control of the chosen F1 team and a brand new mode that allows you to rewrite the season in your terms
0: so EJ is obviously famous for, for his success uh, in, in team ownership and basically winning Grand Prix's on the, on the world stage. Uh, you have had uh, another passion away from from that, which I guess you could link photography to to sport, you know, sports mm. images. Mm-hmm. There's some iconic sports images out there that we can all relate to. But the sort of photography that you favour is quite different. And you've got a very exciting exhibition coming up in the Satchie Gallery and yes. in uh, Hyde Park. Oh, so tell us about in, that. Uh, off
2: the King's Road. Off King's Road, um, excuse me. Well, it's from the 11th to the 15th of October. And i Called it a melody of horses. It's all sorts of horses and types, a little bit of photoshopping going in there as well. For me, it's actually a bit like um, I was always a practiser when I played golf. I loved practising and try a bit of this and what am you know? And it's the same kind of thing. And I also like being outdoors. Uh, I particularly like to photograph things outdoors, animals, particularly in Cape Town. I like doing the animals. It's you're always safer. You can't really. It's it's difficult to do things like like um, scenery and that because you're on your own up there. Yeah. Um. So doing animals is good. And uh, same here. I go up to the Camargue, and I got the horses up there. that I can uh, photograph. And what you,
0: is that about horses, particularly, or is it just this this, this exhibition? You I focus have very on little them.
2: interest in horses, actually, is uh, but they just look good. Um And I did some fantastic Frisian stallions in um the black ones, and they plate the ho- the horses' hair. So I mean, you've got to like them. The, the look at them, and 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 the 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 curves they make, and the yeah.
0: No, incredible, incredible animals, which actually, when you when you mention uh, the horses, EJ has on several occasions on the podcast talked about his passion, our enjoyment of going to the horses mm-hmm. and, and having a day I've never been to a horse race in, in my life. I've seen it on the telly. You know, I've had a you know sweepstake with a Grand National, but it, that's quite an Irish thing as well, isn't it, the horses? It is. I mean, we were telling you about some
1: of the horses that we had, one of them we couldn't Get him to start? What was all that gone? Tell us about Boulevard, Marie.
2: naughty Boulevard. So, Boulevard um, wouldn't leave the stalls. Really fast horse. and um, If he would leave the stalls. <laughs> yeah, if he would leave the stalls. And uh, they they got so fed up with them, they sent him back to Ireland to um, our friend Mouse Morris. And uh, he tried them over the jumps to calm him down to see if that would sort him out. And then he rang us to say, I'm putting him into a race in the backs of Beyonds of Ireland. And if he leaves the stalls, he will win this race easily. So we all put money on, with all the kids are with us, we all put like, oh, 50 pounds, 100 pounds, uh-huh. 14 to one. Horse in the race, stalls open, all the horses go off, and Boulevard sits there. <laughs> and he sits there, and he sits there, and he sits there, and then five seconds later, off he goes. And he annihilated the field. Oh, wow. I know. So we all got our money. We had a great day. But poor old Boulevard, I don't think he ever raced again. He was just too difficult.
0: One thing I omitted to mention earlier, that sport's been such a big part of your life. And I wonder if, Marie, this is part of how you've got the discipline. Because what I've realized in, in through my journey of motor racing, everyone gets their chance to say something. Once they've said it, you move on because you've got to keep moving forward. You can't keep looking back. And in everyday life, and I'm sure you experience this, quite often people will go, oh, why me? Why me? Why me? Or they'll get frustrated about something and they'll keep complaining about that one thing. And I find myself, even with my son, going to, right, we've got to move on from this. You you may have had a crash in that heat or or got involved with someone, but it's done now. Let's Mm. move forward. So you were also involved with the Irish, was it basketball team? Yeah. 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 Do you think that's what's given you the discipline to sit and listen when EJ is on a rant and then also, <laughs> once he's finished, then say what you need to say to, you know, guide the family?
2: I think it's probably the other way around. I think you're, you're born with that ability, um, that that staying power to to play a sport and keep going back and keep doing it. And, and, and I, th- I think... Um, Photography is the same thing. It's, a, you know, you go and you have a bad day or you haven't had the, the film in or you've, you know, you've done something stupid. And we all still do those things. And it's, it's picking yourself up and getting back into it and making sure you, 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 you do it better the next time. And it's always that wanting to be a little bit better, a little bit better, a little bit better. And you've got to be quite resilient and patient. And I think that's probably what, what's there. Um I think it's, some, it's something you're born with do you think in modern photography where in digital form you you could
0: you know basically machine gun off a few you know a few snaps of something versus when it was on film where you mm. you were literally capturing do you have that in your mind when you're you're working or are you look this is the modern time it's twenty twenty three this is the equipment that I have available. I want to create or capture the best image possible rather than Okay, restricting how many snaps you take.
2: Oh gosh, not in this day and age. I didn't take photographs 12 years ago, so um, I'm very much a modern day with I can take as many as I like. With animals, they're setting the photograph for you. Yes, you can put yourself in the right light, you can do that, but they are a lot of the time doing the um, creating the form or whatever, and you're waiting for them to do that. So you're sitting there you know, hoping they're going to do something at the right time and look the right way and all that. It all has to work out at the same time. I
0: actually realise that you, you've been perfectly... Um, let's say adapted to dealing with things that are moving targets, and being married to EJ. You know, I I don't know if you've seen The Muppets, but he reminds me of Animal from The Muppets, the drummer. Oh so, yeah, yeah you know, absolutely crazy. Yeah. even the way he drums, his elbows are up. Yes, you know, there's yeah, yeah. there's none of this sort of uh, Charlie Watts, you know, elbows down by his hips. You know, he's you are a bit of an Animal, EJ. Charlie
1: Watts is probably one of my greatest heroes. He was a jazz player, and all the top best ever rock drummers came from jazz, and Charlie Watts is no exception. DC, I want you to ask a question because I know what happens after these podcasts. You bring me to the pub and we have a pint or two. Now, I want you to ask Marie how many pints when she was 18 that I would pick her up after a, a basketball uh, practice game would she have? And then at the weekend, how many pints would she have then? Because I tell you, you might be surprised there. Well,
0: I'd be surprised if uh, this you know, lovely lady beside me was drinking pints. I imagine it must have been you know, discovering your taste of fine wine. You aren't knocking back a pint at the black, the good stuff, were you begin find, oh, find a
2: lager. I found a lager, no bother. <laughs> so, what I'd on a normal night, I'd have four, but on a big night, but you, you're still talking, say, from 7.30 to maybe three in the morning, I'd have eight.
0: Okay. That is that's a that's good, good effort,
2: but did I don't also, want, I was you know. training all the time, so I was eating massively, yeah, it's a and calories, like a you can pizza, take pizza was a snack. Yeah. That was at the end of the evening. So I'd basically have four good meals a day and that would soak up the alcohol. It was great.
0: So without getting too personal, I like a pint and I have been known to drink several of them. Uh, and we will definitely be having a pint after this because, um, you know, I've had some good news today that I want to be able to celebrate <laughs> uh, after we finish our podcast. But um, That's sarcasm, guys. Uh, I should warn you. You yeah. don't want to know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We'll <laughs> save that for another one. Um, uh, you know, one of those uh, helpline uh, podcasts will do that. It's not but, quite
1: there yet. Either but.
0: no, no, no. It's a, it's a, some, some healings necessary. But uh, anyway, I want to know: um, Did you make sure that you didn't break the seal during an eight pint session? Because I find once I've broken the seal and gone to the bathroom, that's it. Every pint I have to go for a pee. Oh no! Oh, never happen. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> You're a legend. You were much younger back then as well, 18, 19 yeah. when you were playing. Yeah, I'm fifty two now, so yeah, it's different. Yes. Yeah. Because- This is the most, it's actually kind of eerie for me to be in the studio with EJ so quiet. You have got such a calming influence. Or such a tight grip on this. I had him warned. You had him warned, oh, yeah, yeah. So he's been very well behaved. Um, so I think maybe it'd be good to get a, a few sort of rapid fire questions out of you, if that's okay. I know it, it's always difficult to sort of pick favourites and I'm not very good at it. But if, if you were to sort of give us your most memorable moment over the years with, with EJ in it. And, you know, let's, let's avoid children being born and all of those wonderful things that are life changing things. Is it when he first came home and said, Marie, the bailiffs aren't coming this week. We, we can put food on the table. Or was it winning that first Grand Prix on the world stage, knowing that you had all put so much into it? Or what was it? What's the standout memory?
2: Yeah, I think it's definitely our first Grand Prix ever in, in Phoenix. and um, Oh, the first race? Yeah. Oh, wow.
0: Were so, you were you there yeah, like, I was helping there. out? Were you like yeah.
2: front jack yeah. person? or
1: doing the food. The yeah, food, yeah. I don't know what True. I was
2: doing. I can't remember, but... Um, so we obviously had spent every penny we had and more, and um, we had Gary Anderson uh, designing the car. And the car in practice was going well. We knew that. It was a beautiful car. But who knows? It's like anything. You have it's like my photograph. You have no idea until you get it on the stage, if it's going to be good or not. And the relief of knowing that that car worked and was going to be a good one was tremendous, huge. The concept of spending more
0: than you have, I can relate a little bit in as much that when I arrived in Formula One, and I've uh, written about this in my book, uh, there was uh, £320,000 that had been borrowed it had been secured with the, the family business. But essentially, it was my debt. And that's when I signed my first contract with Sir Frank Williams. I asked him for a cheque for £320,000, which when I explained to him what it was, the, the mark of him as a man was he wrote the check there and then, and that that represented oh. significant amounts yes. of my my salary for for that year, you know well over half of my salary, but he understood the importance' he'd been through some difficult times, Sir Frank, before he achieved success financially and and your ride to getting financial stability was, was it was a rocky road
2: very yeah yeah. You know, there's different different things you remember. Not they're not always the, the good ones you remember. They're they're great, and and yes, they're they and whatever. The other one I always remember was being in, um, I think it was Oxford at the time, and uh, doing the washing up, looking out the window, hands in the bubbles, doing the washing, thinking. Right. What do I do? What are my plans if this goes haywire, which is imminent in the next few days or so? So I was taking the kids out of private school. They were going to go to the local Catholic school. We'd move and we'd live, we'd we'd find somewhere to live and maybe, probably caravan, because we had done used caravans before for traveling around and lived in them and and done that so that wasn't far off and then then kind of with that behind me and i always knew that eddie he's a dealer so he he was going to make money again so that didn't really worry me too much but it was more the present state of what we what we would do and what would happen yeah And, and you make it sound
0: so rational but was there moments of you know (laughs) <laughs> chest getting tight and, you know, a tear in the eye. Too the young. Fear. You're, yeah. Too young. I, that's actually, I love that because mm. I always say the benefit of youth is you don't know what you don't know. So you don't fear what can happen.
2: And as you get older, you start to fear what can happen because you, you start to get a bit more comfortable, don't you? It's also you have the energy to, to recover, so, you know, if, if that happened, I can't remember what age. I would have been, I suppose, 30, 20, yeah. You, and you feel powerful at those, those, and, and you're also not in a nervous disposition at that age. You get probably more nervous as you get older, and you see the downfalls. And there is no recovery, kind of, if that happens when you're 60. But when you're 30, you start again. It's not really going to be an issue we'd have, we'd have managed. You would have managed. Yeah. Have you ever... Written a book? Have you ever
0: considered writing a book? Because I can see a, a, a sort of not kind of self help, but just a, a set of rules and a set of visions for how to do it. You know, because many, many people listening, and I'm sure many people that, that aren't yet, but they will, because mm. we're, we're going to have everyone that's got ears able to listen to us at some point. Um, you know, we all kind of have head scratching moments uh, sometimes thinking, how am I going to deal with this? How am I going to find the right road?
2: But everybody finds their own way, and I think borrowing somebody else is not is not the good way to do it either. Because we've all got different abilities and, and weaknesses, and you follow your your the abilities you've got, and you go that way. I, I think it's it's um, I think forgiving and forgetting is a big one. Uh, moving on, as you said earlier, that is so important. You know, keep moving on, keep moving on, and, and things in the past, they've happened, they're done. Move, forget it. So as
0: someone that's had uh, teenage kids, and I'm going through that right now, and a couple of weeks ago, I was at one of my son's races and I actually, I left before the final. I didn't leave the circuit. I, I, as far as he was concerned, I'd left because he, I was just so disappointed in, in his focus and his, in my perception of his lack of sort of commitment. Uh, I, I, and it, the, this race was in a, quarry so i went to the top of the quarry and i sat there watched the race to make sure he was safe and then i left and then i've just come back from a race near um toaster where he drove brilliantly the focus was there it was a really proud moment I go we tear my eye when i think about it not because i have this dream of him being a racing driver i just want to see him give a hundred percent in whatever he's doing and then i can be happy as a parent mm. Is is there advice you can give me in how I continue to deal with those? I'm sure there'll be frustrating moments, and he's not wrong, and I'm not wrong. We're we're just at different phases of our life. Mm. How, how how did you deal with that with your kids? I can I imagine Iju was never there to actually do anything other than have the good time? Daddy's home, he's brought another trophy. The kids go. Wee!
1: He, off, you know, the, off to the drum room have, have you,
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly have you never heard what Zoe said so nope. uh, when Eddie retired um, he came home and uh, he thought he was going to continue working in the team but they sent him home and on, I remember it was a Tuesday and I think oh no and he's at home and he's he's kind of out of water he's no idea what he's doing and so of course he starts winding up the, the children he says to Zoe <laughs> he says uh, hey Zoe I'm a good dad I'm not, I'm, and she turned and said what dad? She you says you've only turned up <laughs> at the end of
0: that journey.
2: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He arrived. Um, in cases like that, it's it's they have to. You can't make them find the hundred percent to give every day. You have got to give them space, and if they want to do it, they'll do it. You can help them, but I don't think you can make them.
0: Yeah. Um. Conscious of your time, where next in in this journey for you? You two together. You you've you've got homes dotted around. You Monaco's your base. You you spend the winter in in Africa. You're uh, expanding on your uh, photography. Ej continues to f- roll hand grenades into situations and then be there to sort out the mess on the other side. Do you just take it year to year, or do you have like in five years we want to be back in Ireland or? Ten years, we want to be here, or is are you just playing by ear? Because it seems that the whole life journey you had, especially the chosen route of business, was very much playing by ear.
2: Yeah, I think it's still the same. We're playing by ear. We, we still enjoy Cape Town, so we do that, and uh, enjoy Monaco, so that's there. Uh, going back to Ireland, going back to England is not really on the cards. Uh, we, like, you know, I think as you get older, you like that the heat and and the, but we could end up anywhere. Um, nothing to stop us moving somewhere else um, for our second home or, yeah. But open-minded. We'll see, very, yes. We both have our own things going on. Eddie likes to drum cycle. So as long as they're available wherever we are, that's fine, a bit of sun. And I like to take photographs. So as long as they're there, we're both happy and then we can go have it.
0: So do you think, think that that's the key then, being independent in terms of your what it is you enjoy to do, and then you're drawn together through love, respect, family... Um, so it seems to me the key to to having a long relationship with EJ is not to be with them all the time.
2: That helps, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> but, but she
1: did make a fatal mistake. She agreed to sail around the world with me, and that was fourteen months in the same cabin. Can you imagine? I don't know how she managed.
0: <laughs> she's. I don't have enough money to pay not to be fourteen months in a cabin with you. At least oh. not anymore. <laughs>
1: Anyway, we got through that as well, but uh, that was positive and very positive because um, we wound up in Cape Town for the very first time, Um, 2010 perhaps, and uh, uh, we suddenly realised we were staying there for the Christmas, so we invited the kids out, whereas we had planned to go back to Ireland, and and everybody loved it so much, and... uh, there's a lot of good people, and they like their rugby, and they like their cycling, and they like their music. So it was perfect, and, and so- the
0: music side as well. You've got a lot of musical friends there, so you get to jam. And
1: I have a new, I have a, a bunch of robbers there as well. So robbers are everywhere.
0: So, EJ, just coming to you, then you know Marie. As you know, I'm a big fan of of how she is and how she acts. And then you know, I have to admit that I love you. Um, but <laughs> don't do that but uh, I, I'd like you to just express what it is and I know it's always difficult to put people in the spot but you know I think it's important you're the front man in public life you know you're the guy that's been there you know skipping down the paddock when you've won that first Grand Prix and all those sorts of things and there's the expression isn't there behind every successful man and I know this was a dated expression but it's an old it used to be an old sign I think my grandmother had one in her in her kitchen which said behind every successful man is you know a, a strong woman or a more successful woman you, you, you would attest to that
1: particularly on the Irish side, and I suppose you, you're Scottish and Celtic as well, um, that seemed to be, it's called Manana here and the women of Ireland, and they are so strong. And we talked about that at the weekend, both of us, we, we had such an unbelievable, joyful, fun time at the rugby. Um, not because Ireland won uh, against, uh, it did help, mind. But it, <laughs> did it, you there win was, some money on that? Yeah. There were a lot of people. We can talk about that later. But um, David, the thing is that we're able to do the things that we like to do. Uh, but I, I will be away for i will be away for four or five nights and Marie's going off taking uh, on a photo shoot exhibition in the Camargue somewhere near Marseille. So we'll probably bump into each other next Monday. So, you know, a week from today. This is the kind of thing that is how I led, led my life. And fantastic thing is, which I often ask people, um, how many times did you ring your wife today? And how many times did you text her? And, and most people will vary. You know, three times, once, maybe twice, not at all, whatever the answer is. But Marie and I could actually go three and four days without actually having communication with each other because I just know that she's there. And if she wasn't safe, that I would know about it and vice versa. So I think there's compatibility. Um, and with the kids, there's that kind of a, a friendship. And I think more than anything in this world, if I could say one thing, Marie is absolutely my best friend. And I wouldn't want to do anything without her. Um, we tease each other because I always say to her, Marie, I'm going to miss you when you're gone. <laughs> and then she says, don't you worry about that. <laughs> she said, you'll be long long since gone by the time I get around. <laughs> anyway, so I tease her about that. And say, so I will miss you when you're gone, Marie. What, what do you like to do now? But I think friendship is so important. And to have a trust, to really trust what I believe she's going to do. I think... I'm not saying I can second guess what she's going to do, but I'd have a good idea. But then she would know me. I'm, I, I haven't changed. I'm still on that spectrum, whereas I can be sensible or not sensible. And uh, no one really knows when that's going to happen, not even myself.
0: Yeah, well, EJ, that's, a, I think, a beautiful moment to, to wrap this up and to thank Marie for coming in and sharing some of your stories. I think we could, uh, we could talk all day on the journey of life. I think there's a lot of life lessons, actually. Um, those who know you, Marie, that are listening to this will, will completely get it. For those who don't know you, then uh, you, you have uh, been the ever steadying hand on, is it on the tiller. Of life, while well, this nutter across so has, <laughs> so. has 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 uh, done what he done. He, he's done. So, congratulations to you both, and on, on uh, what a what a great family you have, and a great journey from rags to riches—maybe not rags, Absolutely. but you know what I mean—from oh, difficult yeah. times Absolutely. to to more comfortable times. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Well, I think that's all for today, EJ. And to our listeners, thank you for joining. We'll be back next week, and uh, we'll have more of EJ's stories and, of course, some of our listeners' questions. But I've got to say, personally, I thoroughly enjoyed talking to your wife. One, because I found her a fascinating and very calming soul. And two, you were largely silent, <laughs> which was brilliant. I, I was under instructions. We've grown up in our life. We,
1: we know when to keep quiet. But in my case, it's very difficult.
0: It's very rare. And I really enjoyed that moment. So for all of the listeners, remember to follow Formula for Success on Spotify and whenever you listen to your podcasts. And you can find us on social media with the handle at F1 for success. Until next time, it's David saying goodbye. And I'm sure the Mad Irishman has got something loud for you as a sign
1: Till next week, guys. Make sure you're there for us because we love having you on board.